0: Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmeticscom thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics C-A-U-S E M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash thrive for 20% off your first
1: order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hyperthetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hyperthetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hyperthetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.
2: I'm Shanti. And I'm Lynx. And you're listening to Muses. Enjoy the show.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are Muses. We are the podcast all about the wives, the girlfriends, the groupies, the musicians, the photographers, all the behind the scene women who made a big impact that you might not know about. So welcome.
2: welcome. How are you doing, Shanti? I'm doing amazing. I've been waiting to tell you this. For the first time today, I wore a tank top. Yay! And you know I've been waiting for this moment because every time you see me, I've got a big hat on, a toque, or a beanie. A big vest. Big vest, long underwear. And I was walking Dale, my puppy, today, and halfway through our walk, I tied my shirt around my waist, and I was in a tank top, and it felt amazing.
3: Yeah, I'm so happy that we finally have the sun back. My goodness, it it's took long w- enough.
2: really giving me life. I'll tell you a f- quick little anecdote to get started, because there's a lesson in there. So I'm going to impart uh, a lesson on everybody. If you don't want to hear it, you can skip ahead. <laughs> 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 the muses that we're talking about in the show notes. So as I was walking with Dale, we got home, and there was a woman walking behind me, Like far enough off, I knew she wasn't going to catch up with us before we got into our property, but Mm -hmm. I knew that they would be walking by eventually. So I was outside in the yard with Dale and he's uh, not even five months old yet, but he's so big that he is like he met a blue, a purebred blue healer this weekend. They were the same size. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's huge. So people probably think he's older than what he really is when they're walking by. So this woman, who was probably like my mom's age, was walking by with this dog who had gray in his beard. So he was like a senior dog. And then Dale started barking at them because we're on our property and he sees them. And normally what I do is I'd hold his leash kind of tighter to me and hold him by me and mm-hmm. try to get him to stop. But I'm having some issues with my hands and I can't hold his leash without gloves. And I didn't have my gloves out. So I just had his leash taut with my feet and the woman walked by as my dog was barking she stopped she did a clicker like a, her dog stopped her dog sat she gave her dog a treat and looked at me and went it's hard isn't it oh my goodness wow I was just like you like thinking in my head like <laughs> you bitch you don't even know how well my dog is doing for a five-month-old puppy and I just went yup And then so she walked by and then I just like sat down and I was just stewing. I was so mad. So I just like sat with my anger and I was (laughs) like, was she trying to show off? Like good for you and your senior (laughs) dog knows how to behave. And then I was like, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Relax. This is an issue. It is. I shouldn't stand there and allow my dog to bark when people walk by and it's not something that I've put effort into. So I looked it up and I watched the video and I read the article and now and I talked to TJ about it and now what we have to do is every time Dale barks, we need to say bark and reward him. Now that I know that that seems like kind of backwards, but yeah. once he's quiet and chewing the treat that I've rewarded him with, I'm then going to reward him for being quiet. I see. So we need to we need to reward him when he barks and then reward him when he's quiet. So that way when we're outside and he barks a couple of times and I say quiet and reward him, he's gonna be quiet. So immediately off the bat I was just like, She's showing off, she's trying to tell me I'm a bad dog owner, she's like making me feel really bad about myself and then I just sat with it for a second and I was like It is something we need to work on. So now I have something to work on with him and I kind of needed a next step with him anyways because we're running like not running out of lessons or like trainings, but like this is the logical next step. So I used it as a lesson and I'm thanking her for doing that. And then hopefully (laughs) next time she walks by, I'll be able to implement what he's learned over the next couple of weeks.
3: How's Dale with the other puppies around? I've seen some photos.
2: Dale's great. He is really kind, and he's really playful, and he's pretty submissive, but he luckily got to meet another submissive dog, another submissive male this weekend, and he was actually mounting him by the end of the uh, play session. So it's okay. They just like they it's it's a way to show like dominance or he might have been wanting the other dog to settle down a little bit because he was a blue healer and he was really active and he was getting tired. So gotcha. it's like not an issue or anything. And the dogs check each other like if they don't like it, they work it out between them. But it was the first time I've ever seen him show any kind of dominant behavior because usually he's been around a lot of alpha female dogs that really yeah. beat the shit out of him. <laughs> So, lady who walked down the street with your beautiful sun hat and well-behaved dog, he's learning a lot. By the
3: time Dale's a senior, he's going to be, like, literally the best dog ever. Where He's just got to
2: learn a couple more lessons, that's all. I know. I really enjoyed when he met the dog and the dog's owner this weekend. And, you know, we were outside and we are on a huge farm property. She said, wow, he really is, like, what I expected from your posts and everything like he really is this nice and this sweet and this goofy and I was like good I'm glad like I'm not just making it seem like he's this great sweet dog cute dog in photos like when you meet him he actually is like he's not a terror or anything he's just I can't wait for you to meet him
3: oh me too trust me I'm my dad is jealous that I'm gonna be able to meet him and he won't be able to but I'll send him lots of photos when I come This is another shared episode. I've really been enjoying doing these ones with you. We do them usually on women who unfortunately haven't written a book yet or ever. And so there's less out there of their personal lives. I'm going to talk a little bit about Charlotte Martin. And yeah, you can't find much detail on Charlotte out there. And what you do, a lot of it comes from other people's memoirs and things like that, putting stuff in. And so I've looked at a couple of my books and collected what I could. And um, I also went online. There's a website or a Tumblr, I think, by Little Queenies. Mm -hmm. And they had a really good chunk on her. But I will let you know as we go any quotes and what books they're from. So Charlotte was born Catherine Martin on September 19th, 1948. I did some digging because online you can also find that she's born on September 20th in a lot of places, but she has a daughter and I did a little hunting and the last happy birthday post her daughter made was on the 19th. Nice so. one. Yeah. Did some digging. Yeah. So yeah, born September 19th, 1948 in Paris, France. Hot. Yeah. I mean, it's the French, right? <laughs> That's such a... um. A British name to me, though, Charlotte Martin. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like such an English rose type of name. I read that Charlotte had a pretty strict childhood. So when she became a teenager and she started to get these modeling opportunities, she really went for it and broke out. And that's when Catherine became Charlotte. She modeled in Paris, Moulin, London, and she relocated to London as well. I can't really find much discussion on Charlotte's modeling career out there, but I remember when I first discovered her, I was a teenager. So this was like 20 years ago and there were very limited photos of her out there and like no information. So one thing that, I was really happy to discover was there's just so many photos of her now people I guess nice. looking through all their old magazines and stuff have been uploading them and yeah you can't find much about her career but there's a lot of photos and everything and of course she was working with all the big photographers and all the big magazines at the time and I'd say she worked from like the mid 60s to the mid 70s in her modeling career
2: that's decent
3: and of course She's in swing in London in the mid-60s, and she was very much at the center of it all, like a lot of the people we talk about on the podcast. And it was in 1965 that she met a young Eric Clapton. So in his memoir, he wrote, At the Speakeasy Club, I had first met one of the great loves of my life, a very beautiful French model, Charlotte Martin. I was smitten with her from the very first moment I set eyes on her. She was very beautiful in an austere way, classically French, with long legs and an incredible figure, but it was her eyes that got me. They were slightly Asian with a downward slant and a little bit sad. We started dating right away and soon moved in together into a flat in Regent Park belonging to Stigwood's partner David Shaw. Charlotte was an incredible girl, more interested in films, art, and literature than in modeling, and we had a great time together. So during this period, Clapton was with Cream. And I really want to encourage everyone to Google photos of Charlotte and Eric together because they look like such a hip, young, swinging couple. And I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed when I see old Eric Clapton photos because he's like a chameleon. He goes through so many different looks. And he looks completely different in every one of them. And in the three years they were together, Charlotte looks the same mm-hmm. in all the photos. Wonderful, of course. But you have like an Afro, Eric Clapton, Beard. bearded, shaven. like clean shave it. Yeah, mutton chops, just every look possible. It's very interesting. And I love their style and everything. They look great together. So I got these couple details coming up from a website called citizendium.org. so on november 8th 1966 clapton recited passages of la marseillaise La Marseillaise. is that pronounced yeah. right and what does that mean
2: um it's the national anthem of france
3: ah okay that makes sense he did it as a tribute to martin during a performance of cream's i'm so glad on the bbc one radio show so little french tribute <laughs> to our french beauty <laughs> And on June 25th, 1967, Charlotte participated in a satellite broadcast called Our World in the Beatles' All You Need Is Love segment. Awesome. Yeah. And we also know that Charlotte attended a legalized pot rally in Hyde Park in 67. So, hip lady. She was a hip lady. So I can't go into detail about her and Eric's time together. We do know how their relationship ended though and what's happening around the time that it ended because of Patti Boyd's memoir. So in Patty's book, she says, I was friendly with a French girl who was going out with Eric Clapton. She was always flirtatious with George, but so were a lot of girls and he of course loved it. Then she and Eric broke up. Eric told her to leave, and she came to stay with us. It was January 1st, 1969, and George and I had seen in the new year at Scylla Black's house. We arrived home in good spirits, but then everything went swiftly downhill. The French girl didn't seem remotely upset about Eric and was uncomfortably close to George. Something was going on between them, and I questioned George. He told me my imagination was running away with me. I was paranoid. Of course.
2: Oh no, George Harrison gaslighted her.
3: <laughs> yeah. Soon I couldn't stand it, so I went to London to stay with Belinda and Jean Claude. Six days later, George phoned me to say that the girl had gone and I went home. I was shocked that George could do such a thing to me. Blah blah blah. So we know that Charlotte was one of the women that George had a fling with. Can you blame her? Which is no. But it's fascinating when you think about what happens next in George, Patty, and Eric's lives, right? And I have read before, both, I think, George and Eric have stated in different interviews that Eric went after Patty as like a revenge for what George did with oh, Charlotte.
2: Interesting.
3: Yeah. Ugh, so messy. But I mean, again, you're 20 years old. You're all beautiful, young, living life. So talented. They really shouldn't have been married, any of these men.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they yeah, don't want to be it, clearly. It brings to mind one of the last quotes in Gladriel Almond's book that I read a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what quote I'm talking about, I'm not going to tell you. Go back and listen to the episode.
3: It's really fascinating also to realize all of the Beatles' relationships or marriages sort of all fell apart at once it's like they all hit a wall where they maybe realized they wanted to not live such a structured life or whatever different generation you know you're raised that the first person you date is the person that you marry and doesn't really work out Mm -hmm. that way especially if you're Mm a rock star so we're gonna fast forward to a couple years later january 9th 1970 so she's done with clapton now this was a big day Led Zeppelin played an infamous gig at the Royal Albert Hall, and it's one of their most celebrated shows, apparently. It was also Jimmy's 26th birthday. So Charlotte was at the gig with her friend Heather Taylor. Heather was dating Roger Daltrey from The Who, and fun fact, they got married in 1971 and are still together.
2: No way.
3: Yeah, gotta look more into Heather Taylor.
2: Yep. We could do, if she doesn't have a lot, we can do two long-lasting relationships and will do Bon Jovi and his wife. Oh,
3: that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 They're still together too. My goodness. It works for some people. Not many. Not many. But some. So they were all hanging out at the gig and they introduced Charlotte to Jimmy and that was that. Right away she was on his arms at gigs. She toured a little bit. She moved into one of Paige's houses. I think it was a boathouse after Led Zeppelin completed their tour that year. So before Jimmy met Charlotte, we know who Jimmy was dating right it's like 1969 Jimmy's been touring he's been out in LA that brings me to my next book where I'm gonna quote which is Miss P's I'm with the band
2: I knew it I knew it but I didn't want to say it because <laughs> if I got it wrong then I didn't want to be seen as the one who doesn't know Miss Pamela's every move in relationship in its time frame but that's what I was gonna say trust me on oh that I know line. you knew Thank
3: you. So yeah, Pamela, of course, is smitten. I'm not going to get deep into that. But she says, Jimmy met a girl named Charlotte on his birthday and fell over backward with love. Word of this scalding news filtered across the sea and hit me in the face like a pot of boiling Earl Grey. (laughs) She's great. (laughs) Miss Christine wrote to me from London, where she was hanging out with Todd Rundgren, enclosing a shot of Jimmy from Melanie Baker, in which he was wearing the most beautiful shirt I'd ever made. It was a pink and white velvet creation with fringe that hung down to his knees. These men were so lucky they had women like Pamela giving them gorgeous, right? His hands were clasped and he was looking heavenward, his ringlets black as night against the soft pale velvet. Her letter told me of Lady Charlotte and my heart clenched like a fist. So sadly, yeah, that was... Well, I guess that wasn't it for them. They had a little bit of a reunite. Later in Miss P's book, Next Time Jimmy Visited, she says that they hung out. And she wrote, I went back to the hotel with Jimmy and we talked until 5 a.m. about happiness, sadness, truths, untruths, Charlotte and Marty. He showed me pictures of her that I could barely look at. And he told me he was being good, which for him was a miracle. When I left, we hugged tightly. Are we still friends? For sure. We're still friends. Be a good girl, P. So it's nice to hear that Jimmy was trying to be a good boy. On March 24th, 1971, Jimmy and Charlotte had a daughter. Any idea what her name is? Scarlett. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When on stage... For Paige and Plant's unleaded reunion in 1994, Robert Plant announced to the audience that Paige's daughter, Scarlett, was conceived about a half an hour after That's the Way was written in Wales. So thanks to Robert, we get a little backstory on Scarlett being conceived.
2: Okay, thank you.
3: So we know after Scarlett's birth, Jimmy didn't stay faithful for all that long. We know from Miss P's book that you know, he came around again wanting her company. And then of course there's Lori. Yes. I think that started around maybe like 71, 72, and went on for about two years, right? He also had a fling with BB. BB was his girlfriend for about a week in nineteen seventy four. A week if you don't remember, in BB's fantastic book, there's an incident where she's in LA with Jimmy and Lori comes and tries to like get break her way into the uh, hotel room, like screaming at him and everything. So there's a lot. There's a lot going yep. on.
2: <laughs> I love it.
3: I'm gonna read a little paragraph of BB and Jimmy's time together. She I said, love
2: all of the. I I love how you've taken all of these books. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm loving this. Kid. I
3: feel bad because it's like all stories about Charlotte getting cheated on. But this is what was going on at the time. And unfortunately, she hasn't written a book. So I would love to balance it out with, you know, great stories from Charlotte. Maybe, hopefully, one day she'll write a book. See, she seems very private, though. I mean, she hasn't done any interviews that I know of. So I don't know. I think she's past that. Maybe she doesn't really want to rehatch it all but here's a little bit from BB. We parted very romantically. I spent his last night in New York with him in the hotel. Jimmy didn't make a strong plea for me to go over to London because he had Clapton's ex, Charlotte, whom he'd stolen from Eric and their daughter Scarlett living with him. But he gave me the impression that the relationship was souring and he wasn't sure what his future was going to be. He left me dangling, but it was very romantic and he told me he'd call me. So first of all, Clapton and her were done by then. But I I did note that Clapton and Paige had a little bit of a feud. So that's another connection that might have bothered Clapton a little bit. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Obviously, Charlotte and Jimmy's relationship was a rocky one. But apparently as the 70s progressed, so did their relationship. I couldn't find much, again, on their time together, but I read that he would or together they'd throw a lot of parties at their houses and had a nice family I guess time in that period. Scarlett and Charlotte can be seen in the Zeppelin documentary the song remains the same. I read that Charlotte had met the director while she was with Eric and then he visited her and Jimmy a few years before the documentary came out so I'm not sure if Jimmy knew him too or if it's through Charlotte that that partnership happened. The part with her and Scarlett was filmed in Germany in October of 1973. Charlotte was also present in 1975 and Scarlett when the plants had a car accident in the Greek islands. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, they were okay. By 1983, her and Jimmy had decided to call it quits. And there's really not much out there about her time in the 80s and the 90s. But we do know that Charlotte studied art and design at the Thames Valley University and painting at the Amersham School of Art and Design between 2005 and 2008. And she's now married to another man and she's a freelance artist and you can find her on Instagram and I'll put those in the show notes and you can check out her website too, which has lots of her amazing art and... She has a little bio there. She mentions her past life, you know, with Clapton and hanging out with the Beatles and Jimmy and everything. And she says, These past links remain strongly with her in her present search for the balance of chaos and structure as well as a need for looking through frames within frames. To do this, Charlotte frequently uses nature as well as urban settings as filters, exploring relationships between highly controlled and less controlled visual elements in order to generate lots of formal collisions, surprises, tensions, emulating from bright and stimulating colors. She's exhibited all over the UK and has been for quite a while now, and hopefully she'll continue to do that post-pandemic, post-COVID, post-everything. Right on. There's a documentary in post-production right now called Revolution, the Legacy of the 60s. And it looks like something we're going to want to keep an eye out for. I don't know if they were all interviewed for it or if there's just clips of them in it. But I saw the cast list and it was like Jenny Boyd, (gasps) Ashton Kirscher, Miss P, Charlotte. So it's right up our alley and we'll keep a a lookout. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little bit more about Scarlet Page, their daughter. She's 50 now, which is crazy. She's an amazing, awesome photographer who works in music. She shoots bands and artists and her photos are great. She really came into it in the 90s. So all of the 90s bands we grew up loving and everything, she has shot all of them. And of course, because of her ties to classic rock, she's shot a lot of amazing artists from her dad's generation as well and she's even shot her dad's current girlfriend
2: i know <laughs> and i'm gonna tell you about it
3: i can't wait to hear
2: that was great i really like how we're taking i first of all i didn't know that they were officially together for that long yeah quite and a while. she went he must have put it through the ringer like she really went through a lot most likely And in a way, it's interesting that she doesn't have any kind of memoir because maybe she is, maybe she's done her healing in another kind of way. Or maybe she didn't feel like she had any, I don't know, anything like maybe it wasn't a, maybe being with Jimmy Page for that amount of years wasn't a traumatic experience for her. So maybe she didn't feel like she needed to get any kind of, I don't know, like it's.
3: It's clearly a choice that she's making that she doesn't want to get deeper into that. And I'm sure she knows that all these other people have written these pieces, you know, including her in. And she's fine with what's out there and good for her. But obviously, just out of selfishness, I want more and more. <laughs> But. same
2: so I like that we chose because there's we've talked about so many of Jimmy Page's girlfriends and flings and love affairs over the years but I like that we've chosen one of the first most significant relationships in his life and now this current relationship in his life yeah. so let's take a break and when we come back I'm going to tell you all about Scarlet Abbott.
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working
1: Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hyperthetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts.
2: All right. I took on the task – no, it was a real pleasure – to learn about Scarlett Sabet And she is Jimmy Page's current girlfriend, love, muse, Mm -hmm. collaborator. Yeah, and they've been together quite a while now too. Yes, they have been together since 2014. Or they met in 2014, they knew each other for a little while, they knew each other for around two years, and then they started dating officially think the news broke about them being together officially in 2015 yeah so I I would only imagine that some people have mixed feelings about this relationship given you know the ages of Jimmy Page's children how Jimmy Page uh, notoriously dated underage girls back when he was in his 20s and I've even had, a, we even have a friend who had said, well, when I found out who we, he was dating, I was jealous Yeah, because I wish it would have been me instead. So a lot of different mixed emotions about it. Having learned what I learned about her, I'll just say right off the top of the bat that I'm going to be favorable to her. And I think that she's really interesting and she's really cool and she's really talented and really beautiful. And I get it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, they seem to make sense. I don't know a lot about her, but they do make sense in their creative energy. I get it would work together.
2: I took my information from three different articles plus a little bit of Wikipedia just to get an overall sense. My favorite article is by claire conway in tadler.com a 2020 article called as the rolling stones Release their new hit scarlet the song's writer led zeppelin's jimmy page and his girlfriend scarlet sabet welcome tadler to their gothic castle of course they live in a gothic castle Mm-hmm. They live in a gothic castle that was built in the 1800s. And it's apparently like, have you seen pictures of it on that Tatler? I it's... did.
3: Yeah. Exactly what you'd expect Jimmy Page to live in too. Mm-hmm.
2: So I recommend everybody to go look at that article, read it, see the photos. It's just magnificent and it makes so much sense. Yeah. I also got information from Hunger.com. An article by Ryan Lange called The Muse. Meet Scarlett Sibet, the next gen poet to discover. And then my third article was one by Stephanie LaCava called Jimmy Page and Scarlett Sabet are the music poetry power couple the world didn't know it needed. Nice. So I thought it was pretty cool that two of these articles were written by this is making an assumption on names uh, by women. And all three of these articles were quite complimentary to Scarlett and her talents. Great. Scarlett was born in 1989 and raised in Surrey. So if anybody's wondering, Scarlett is a year younger than me, a couple years younger than Lynx. She would be... How the fuck old am I? Okay, she would be 32. (laughs) Sometimes I actually forget how old I am. Me too. Scarlett's father is Iranian and her mother is part Scottish and part French. Scarlett has said that her grandfather was a French aristocrat. Nice. So so if you pull all of those things together and put that into one young lady, you get a pretty good visual. She went to a strict Catholic school for girls and was interested in acting and drama. So she asked her parents to send her to a drama school, which they did. She got a scholarship and really enjoyed her academics. She was in school plays, on the debate team, and took advanced English. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. When asked about how she got into poetry, Scarlett answered, It was whilst studying English A-level that certain poems really started to fascinate me. We were studying the class Coleridge and W.B. Yeats, and then I was asked to attend advanced English, which was a great excuse to read even more and not leave the library. I really enjoyed analyzing the written word, trying to work out its alchemy. I've always written a kind of diary, a non-linear, random, lyrical documentation of my life, experience, and perspective. My poems were rooted in that and crept out. Poetry just became the language that made the most sense.
3: Nice. What do you think
2: about poetry? Are you, do you enjoy reading poetry? Mm-hmm. So when I was in university, I, took, uh, I majored in English literature. So did I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really (laughs) enjoy like a lot of the people that she's mentioning. And I I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, It didn't inspire me. I don't think I'm naturally moody and dark and creative enough to actually get into that mindset and write my own kind of poems. But I appreciated them and I loved them.
3: Yeah, I'm the exact same.
2: Yeah. And then if you see her, you can go on YouTube and you can watch her reading her own poetry. And she's a poet. Through and through, inside and out. She's not trying to be anything. She's not forcing to be anything or anyone. But the way that she speaks, her accent, it's just... Mesmerizing? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So this time set her up with the confidence and skills, because she was in drama, and and acting lessons to be in british television shows including skins have you ever seen the british version of skins i have i loved it same she was in season five uh she played angel of death she was in ricky gervais's life's too short peep show and a few others cool she then worked as a waitress at the chelsea arts club which gave her a reason from to move from surrey to london and i checked it out and it seems that surrey to london is about 30 minutes on the train Unless there's another Surrey, and I didn't get that right. It seems like they were close enough, but you definitely have to move. Like, maybe, I think she kind of wanted to be immersed in that London scene as well. So, at the age of 21, she began working there, and this club catered to a very artistic crowd. Up-and-coming artists, sculptors, painters, and musicians. One of these musicians happened to be Jimmy Page. Amazing. Scarlett meant to be. Yeah. Well, and you'll see, too, like this wasn't just a one time thing. I met you once. Scarlett didn't approach him at first. She just commingled. She didn't want to overstep. She says he was the type of person everyone wants to speak to. So I always held back a bit. He was very polite, but I didn't want to impose. Now, this was probably the smartest thing that she could have done because it was only a matter of time before Jimmy would make a move on this amazingly beautiful young woman. Now, from what I've maybe learned, or even from what Joel the roadie told us not too long ago, it didn't seem that Jimmy really appreciated people going up to him and gushing over him. He, he That almost turned him off, right? I imagine... That Jimmy almost would have preferred that this gorgeous, talented young woman not give him the time of day and yeah. wait for him to make the move. And that's kind of exactly what happened. So I'm sure you've, if you've seen that article from Tatler, you've seen, and anybody who just is interested in Jimmy Page, I'm sure has had to google her or look her up on instagram she has this long flowing red hair big brown eyes and she dresses like she's from the 1800s yeah it's
3: a great yeah. look
2: yeah so all she had to do was just wait for him they went public with their relationship in 2015 but before that in interview magazine jimmy remembers the first time he heard Scarlett read her poems and says so he says I thought, this is really interesting. She's really interesting. She's definitely got something there. And the people in attendance soaked up Scarlett's reading. The whole place hushed. Even though they had seen each other around, it wasn't until that evening at the World's End bookshop when Scarlett was reading her poetry for the first time that Jimmy approached her. His first words to her were, your poems cut like a knife.
3: Ah, what a great opening
2: line. When asked who her poetic inspirations are, Scarlett has said, Well, I have a huge respect for William Burroughs, Kerouac, Neal, Gunsberg. I feel those Beat Generation writers were truly courageous and really living their own principles. They upheld their art above all else, and they were ravenous in their explorations, socially, sexually, culturally. They have been so influential, and I feel perhaps that hasn't been fully recognized. It was after that compliment from Jimmy that Scarlett decided to give up acting and focus on writing poetry full-time. Wow. Even after that meeting, they didn't date right away, but they did keep running into each other. They even bumped into each other at Whole Foods. He was with his son and daughter and she with her parents preparing for like an evening dinner with them. Uh Of the age difference, she says, it's funny because on paper, there is a massive difference. But when he's standing in front of me, it's not something I feel. It's not something that impedes us. That's nice. So in their gothic mansion together that they live together in, Scarlet seems right at home. And I really just recommend that people go and, and, and look at it visually. There's a mm-hmm. part in it where the author is saying that while she's posing for photos, Jimmy's just standing there looking on lovingly and smiling at her. Uh. So once they began dating, Scarlet would visit this gothic mansion, his home, and bring her laptop and write, and eventually she was just spending all of her time there before eventually moving in. Jimmy is a muse to Scarlet. Her poem, Euphoric Kiss, is about falling in love with him. In their astrology room, she wrote these words about their then secret romance See, it wasn't the first time I saw you. Snatched visions of silver slipping through the rows of haunted souls that all stood to salute you as you wandered through. Desire was fired. I love it. They were able to hide their romance for a few months, walking down the street without anyone noticing, until one day Scarlett went into work and a co-worker had informed her that she was on the cover of a tabloid magazine. As you can imagine, the tabloid article focused primarily on the age difference between the two. Of the age difference, Conway, the writer of the article, writes In the cavernous double height hall, there is a spiral stone staircase with a green velvet rope down which Paige and Sabette descend. Sabette has a pre Raphaelite cascade of red curly hair, saucer wide brown eyes, and a delicate porcelain beauty. Page has the rangy silhouette of a reformed rock star. Led Zeppelin were the biggest band in the world in the 70s. He is slight, dressed in cigarette-leg black jeans, his bright white hair in a ponytail. The 46-year-old age gap between the two is somehow less palpable in person. His eyes crinkle with a surprising youthfulness and just a hint of warning. Hmm. It's interesting
3: thinking about her eyes and Charlotte's eyes, Because they both
2: have those really big, beautiful... I know, exactly. Yeah, she truly is beautiful. So then they went public with their relationship. Scarlett has said that she doesn't smoke, drink, or do drugs, and that even sugar is too much on her system to handle. So she likes to tuck herself away and write poetry and visit bookshops. So I think you can see how this kind of private, introverted, quiet but very passionate and intelligent and beautiful woman has caught the interest of Jimmy. And a lot of the stuff that she does put out online is just about her art. Yeah, she's an old soul it seems.
3: Not about the partying, it's it's about the
2: Art exactly, and what I enjoyed about these articles is not only were they well written and thorough, they were kind to Scarlett and Jimmy. They praise her talents. For example, in the Interview magazine article, the first paragraph is: "Scarlett's poetry is felt threefold when she performs it. The written words aren't the same when she says them. They are trance-like, told as if from memory. To call the London-based talent a poet and performer seems inadequate. She's more so a musician, or perhaps a mystic." Her haunting readings have taken place at storied bookshops, such as San Francisco City Lights and Shakespeare & Co. in Paris, and she's been invited to read at the likes of Wellesley College. She has published four collections of poetry on her own imprint, Rocking Underground, The Lock and the Key, Zora, and Camille earlier this year. Today she debuts her spoken word album Catalyst, produced by her partner, the legendary musician Jimmy Page. Interview sat down with the couple to talk about coming together for this project, the brilliance of the Velvet Underground, and paying to produce your own work. Nice! I gotta check that out. So if anyone still doesn't understand the pairing, or says Jimmy only likes her because she's beautiful or young, I think that these articles are great places to start. You can also watch her perform and read her poems online. She really does seem like an old soul like you had said, and even though their age gap seems uncomfortable to some, it could be that their souls really connected. And it's also important to point out that Scarlett was an, an adult when they met. Even though she was only, you know, she's only 32 now, she was 24 around the time that they met. They really inspire one another and work together every day of Catalyst, the spoken word album they made together. Jimmy says, Rocking Underground was the first poem I heard of Scarlett's, and when we started production, we began with it. As you mentioned, Jimmy's daughter is also named Scarlett. She took the photographs for the collaboration project between Jimmy and Scarlett.
3: I'm glad uh, the whole family is lovingly together and supportive of their relationship. Well,
2: that's exactly what I'll mention in just a moment. So to wrap up this project, Catalyst, Claire Conway says, it's her first record after four print collections and includes a series of love poems that mark out their relationship. They're tantalizingly dark and seductive. So as you mentioned about family, we'll say this, neither Scarlett nor Jimmy drink, as I said, so they spend their life together in a pretty quiet and peaceful way. They stay in. Scarlet drinks tea and writes poetry in her pajamas. Jimmy works on restoring the house. They cook healthy meals together and listen to music. They don't have their friends over to entertain. If they meet up with friends, they usually go out. But they do have their families over. And she says that that's just lovely.
3: Yeah, I didn't mention, but I think Scarlett, Jimmy's daughter, has two kids. So Jimmy and Charlotte are grandparents. And... I saw an article where Jimmy said like you know they're always together and they're very much like a happy family unit and they spend all the holidays together and everything so it sounds like Jimmy was young and wild when he was you know back in his 20s but thankfully for him Scarlett didn't even need to go through that phase it sounds
2: like she was just already his match at this age so Mm -hmm. that's great. And I'll just finish with Scarlett when she says, other than that, we like it to be just us. I feel so safe here. It's such an inspiring house. Uh, I wonder how their time
3: through COVID has been. Probably not
2: much changed for them.
3: I bet. Yeah, it sounds like they already had that kind of lifestyle. I can picture Jimmy working on the house and her in the library, you know, writing her poems and... Yeah, it sounds like a lovely existence and they both relationship have porcelain skin,
2: so I bet they barely go outside. And if they do, it's like <laughs> yeah. into a shaded garden or something. Yeah. I enjoyed learning about her. I enjoyed listening to her read her poetry. I probably would enjoy her book of poetry, you know? I would love to
3: see her perform her work live that must be an experience yeah
2: and I think like the difference between someone like Scarlett like at her age is I think if Jimmy Page was with like a a 30 year old or a 24 year old doing hair tutorials on TikTok it would be different but yeah Scarlett sounds like she's 80 and because Jimmy got famous when he was in his 20s, he prob a part of him probably stayed there in his heart and maturity forever. <laughs> so they're probably honestly perfect together. I don't know if I'm missing something and if it makes sense to me. It makes
3: sense. No, it does. Uh, especially, again, like when you get to know Scarlett and hear about her background and everything. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I'm so glad that... You covered her and it's nice to hear about a modern muse, a modern relationship that's, you know, still progressing right now. Because usually a lot of people we talk about, it's like past tense relationships. So this was cool hearing a modern one.
2: And, you know, as I looked at myself in the mirror today with my plaid shirt and my trucker hat, I'm like, you know, I'm not the 32 year old for Jimmy Page. And I accept (laughs) that and I get that yeah (laughs) but scarlet she's the one yeah
3: they really like visually are sort of a match made in heaven and you do kind of get the sense that they have a past life together like some medieval past life in some big castle or something
2: (laughs) yeah man i'd love to check out i'd love to go see Friar park
3: well we gotta start planning our next trip, and maybe uh, That'd be maybe cool. we'll go to England. That'd
2: be real cool, yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, well, thank you for that. That was really great. It was really good. Thank you. Same to you. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It's nice. It's just you know, it's I like it. I like the format. I want to keep doing it. I'm looking forward to the next one. Hopefully, you guys learned something new today. I did thank you Shanti for that check us out every Tuesday on stereo yeah that's been a uh, lot we of fun usually talk live for over an hour so you can listen in you can catch the recording of it later or you can tune in live and you can participate in on the conversation which is super fun we always have a blast we always meet new people and have some recurring friends drop by which is great You can, if you want even more than that, you can head over to our Patreon and for $5 a month, get access to a whole bunch of bonus content. All that's, of course, going to be in our bios and our show notes, links. What else would you like people to check out? We are on TikTok. We've got over 6,000 followers there now,
3: and it's been so much fun. Get us to 10. Yeah. Get
2: us to 10.
3: I've been enjoying it. I have, have a lot of fun, and we're still on Instagram, and we're on Facebook and Twitter, so all the usual places. Check us out, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, everybody.
2: Muses is researched, edited, and produced by us, Chantelle Mew and Lynx O'Leary.
1: Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show, Hypothetical, is about— I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hyperthetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.